Welcome to The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast with me, David Oram. I'll be looking at the recent major cricket news stories in the region in the company of my good friend, the renowned West Indies cricket commentator, Joseph Reds Pereira. Greetings, Reds. How are you? Well, uh, staying up a bit late to watch South Africa, Australia, but good win. Um, really, the game went very, very quickly with both sides being bowled out for the first two days and then... Um, South Africa was able to pile up that massive score. Um, major collapse by Australia in the first innings. Well, the world has read all about that, I don't have to say. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, good victory uh, by South Africa at Perth. Yes. And we'll see what happens as the tour continues. But uh, Rabada, who was outstanding, wouldn't have maybe a, such a quick uh, track to bowl on. Um, in test matches coming. Well, we can move on. Yes, indeed. Well, clearly Australia are having their challenges at the moment. Uh, you and I have had our own challenges of a sort with this podcast uh, for the last month. What was were uh, a weekly podcast has uh, almost become a, a monthly one. Uh, you were away in England. I was away in Dubai. We were then uh, uh, unable to communicate for one week because you had a tropical storm. Uh, then the following <laughs> week, I had civil disturbances here in Islamabad, and uh, we couldn't even get Skype to work yesterday. But it's, <laughs> I'm delighted that at last we were able to uh, chat again. with lots to catch up on. Uh, we have to start with West Indies' victory in the third test of the uh, three-test series against Pakistan. Yes, um, it must be taken in, in the context of the fact that we... You know, didn't have a good tour. Uh, we lost, um, you know, all the 2020s and the ODIs, lost the first two tests, but were competitive in, in the first and um, won the third. And, of course, we beat um, a high, highly rated side. Uh, good for maybe looking to the, uh, towards the future, but uh, there are, you know, some some um, important places yet to be filled by the selectors. Absolutely. The West Indies test side, very much a side in transition, Reds. Uh, but perhaps in the last six, 12 months, we have seen a few players emerge who you would say a year, two years from now, would be very much part of the backbone of that side. Uh, I'm thinking, obviously, of Craig Brathwaite. Um, Jason Holder for the first time was actually incisive with the ball but important contributions from other emerging players, uh, Dowrich, Bishop, Roston Chase um, and I was also particularly impressed that uh, Shannon Gabriel is starting to look like a strong uh, test class opening fast bowler. Yes um, there was uh, a lot uh, to be um, you know, feeling good about I think Holder really bent his back and he must continue um, to bowl in that style, aggressive, yeah. um, not just a medium pace at 120 miles an hour, um, short burst maybe. Um, and I think the selectors are fairly happy. I mean, um, Braffitt is, is going to be around for a very long time, 
but they must be encouraged by the investment they made in Dowrich, for example, not just as a batsman that he first played against Australia and looked quite good, but the fact that they decided to move away from Ramden, there was talk about that, uh, but he has shown that he is capable with the gloves and very useful um, with the bat. Um, Chase didn't have maybe the best of tours, but he's someone uh, for the future. Bisu has been overbold in the past mm. um, by all the captains he's played under for the West Indies. Um, really had a great tour of 18 wickets, and the hair is hoping he continues to get stronger in, in the shoulder. Uh, Using sparingly in short spells and not overbold by holding in the future. And I support the, the view that um, Gabriel uh, seemed to be um, good balance, um, not falling away to his left, not going down leg side, but bowling at a fairly good pace and bowling maybe at the stumps. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of components there. Hope. Um, you know, waiting for his chance, and now that maybe Samuel has, has, has probably played his final game, hope mm. will probably uh, come in. Uh, Blackwood just needs to play less shots, and uh, you know, uh, you know, really uh, put a price on his wicket. And uh, you know, I, I think the worry area must be the the, the opening the position. Um, Johnson has made a lot of yeah. runs for Guyana, but not as an opener. Uh, we're gonna go back to hope uh, as the opener. Um, that might be a, a, another person being sacrificed, uh, but there's a dirt of openers in the Caribbean. Azari Joseph is someone for the future. Um, Cummins, I think, um, didn't have the best of tours, but uh, you know, I think those three fast bowlers, plus maybe one or two from the A side. Beaton certainly put his hands up with some uh, aggressive work. Uh, so we just have to wait and see what the selectors will come up with when we play our, our next test series. Yeah, absolutely. You, you've picked out most of the names there from the uh, from the test tour, and uh, uh, if you like, give them them, uh, if not literally a mark out of ten, but uh, mark their card. Yes, the opening batsman uh, Johnson is a worry. He has made a lot of runs for Guyana, but he hasn't converted um, his opportunities. In Test cricket, you talked about hope. They may go back to Chandrika again, um, but presumably they've got to look elsewhere. But you touched there upon uh, uh, probably seeing the end of Marlon Samuels. He was one of uh, two or three very notable people not to sign new uh, WICB contracts. The other two being Darren Bravo and Carlos Brathwaite. Uh, Samuels perhaps may not be that great a loss, but Darren Bravo not signing particularly in Test cricket, we'll focus on him first. That's quite a concern, isn't it, Rex? Yes. Um, you know, I don't know all the details, but um, my understanding is that uh, he was given um, a, a C contract, um, had a poor tour against India, but did, in fact, um, play well in, in, in the UAE. I'm told he was given the same contract as Chase. Hmm. Now, that surprises me. Um, you know, uh, I think that was an error uh, by whoever decides on the West Indies board. Um, and you are virtually, you know, forcing him to head in the direction to, to go and play 2020. Yeah. Um, that was, to me, a surprise and, 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 and an error. Um, not su surprising about Samuels. I mean, 
there were some people, the armchair selectors, who were leaving Samuels out a year ago. Mm. Um, so maybe that is, it's really time to move on, and maybe he, um, you know, he, he decided that he would not be pushed, that he will jump before. And uh, Carlos Braffitt, well, I just wonder if he goes back to some of the statements he made about wanting to play red ball cricket and seeing himself as, as a test player. And I think he took a hard look at the fact that, um, you know, Jason Holt is around. Yeah. And uh, he's like for like, and maybe he figures, well, look, I'll get very little chance of playing maybe ODIs and, and, and Tess. Uh, okay, I'm the 2020 captain, but he's decided that he will cash in his chip maybe for the West Indies and look towards the big bash and an IPL and CPL and whatever he might be able to be pick, pick up in, 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 in England for a, an English county. Um but I was, in fact, disappointed and, and surprised uh, that Bravo wasn't offered, with the little information I have, a better contract. Yeah. No, I, I felt the same way. Um, to, to look at Carlos Brathwaite first. Um, yes, he's the 2020 captain. Um, he still has a great deal to offer, I, I think, in the 50-over uh, format as well. I do hope that some common sense prevails. And that if he does go off to the big bash, that it doesn't, and he then doesn't play that old chestnut. If he doesn't then play in the domestic competition, he is one for the future. He is one for the next five, ten years. And I'd like to see him still being able to play in 50 over cricket as well. Darren Bravo, it, it seems to me, Res, that he must just feel dreadfully devalued. Yes, um, he hasn't quite um, produced the runs uh, of, of the the era that he came from, the era he came from um, with a number, a number of players. Um, uh, he hasn't, you know, looked like the Coley's of this world or, or, or the Joe Root of this world. Um, but, uh, you know, um, we can ill afford. We can ill afford to lose uh, Bravo. And if, if something could be done... Um, by the powers that be to re-offer him a, a contract. No doubt, he might be being advised also uh, by elements um, who probably would like to see him leave the, the, the test scene. Mm. Uh, whether that advice um, would be good advice, well, you know, you, you can debate that. But, um, you know, he's never been big on, on, the, on the shorter form of the game. Uh, and uh, he's always said it. I think he's more in favour of the test game. So um, not too sure. Of course, a C contract I think is still a hundred thousand US dollars a year. And people may ask, how many, um, how many top silver servants, how many teachers work for that in, in, in a given year in the Caribbean? Well, that's that, that's true. It's always one of the things that uh, we comment upon with the. As yeah, ongoing, ongoing wage dispute that there there is in the rumblings in the Caribbean. If you compare it on one hand, that uh, uh, the West Indies top international cricketers are in the top one two percent of earners in the Caribbean, but equally, if they compare themselves with their uh, their colleagues within their profession internationally, uh, they get a very raw deal. It's it's understandable from a personal point of view that they make themselves available often prefer to make themselves available uh, for more lucrative one-day tournaments or 2020 tournaments rather than representing their region. Um, they're not there to be altruistic. 
Yes, um, I think uh, one of the overriding factors is industry. I mean, look at the industry um, in India. Look at the industry in South Africa, the breweries in South Africa and Australia. Um, players can make a lot of money with endorsements. We just don't have uh, those the, those industries, and the strong ones are probably under a little bit of pressure now. There's a lot more open market. Uh, so all those factors have got to be taken. But here's hoping that that, 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 Braffitt, uh, that, that Bravo, interesting to see whether he'll be playing um, in the four-day for Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, and here's hoping that Bravo uh, is, is not lost. I wonder, Ed, just to sort of just one last observation on this before we move on. That um, with this is an employment issue, effectively. Uh, these are guys, yeah. top of their profession, as it were. Is is it that different, say, from a guy in the Caribbean who goes to university and learns to become a top lawyer or a surgeon or something like that, and then takes his trade, applies his trade in the UK, Canada, US where he was going to earn a heck of a lot more money um, rather than uh, offering his services in the Caribbean. As an outsider myself, how are those people, how do people in the Caribbean feel feel about, let's forget about cricketers, how do they feel about doctors or lawyers that do that? Well, if you make a comparison, I mean, doctors and lawyers, uh, their families help them through secondary school and they'll help them uh, to further um, their education regarding the subjects they want and they probably... Um, will pay for their sons or daughters to go and get um, a degree in whatever, where a, a, a cricketer comes through the ranks um, of uh, the various boards, comes through the ranks uh, of the youth policy of the various boards, then uh, picked up by the West Indies board. So there is an investment um, by, 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 by cricket. Mm. Um, so I think you, you, you probably... I've I got to see it um, from, from that point of view, that it's because of West Indies cricket in the broader sense, uh, that whoever comes through, um, you know, we must all remember that they came from an under-13 competition in the respective um, member state. They played for the West Indies at under-15, you know, in the case of the under-17, under-19. You know, without, without that kind of, of um, nursery, uh, they wouldn't be, you know, ever playing for the West Indies at all. Yeah. We'll leave that one there just for, for now. I'm sure we'll revisit that on another occasion. Um, before we look uh, forward, we'll just quickly look back. The West Indies have been involved in other uh, fields, uh, international fields of late. The A-team, as you mentioned briefly, was uh, was in Sri Lanka. They had a pretty successful uh, uh, time. They lost their three-test series 2-1. But uh, but they acquitted themselves well, um, and then won the ODIs three 0 That that's a heck of a success for the West Indies. Bearing in mind these uh, conditions, if you like, that uh, the Australian Test side got hammered in not so long ago. Yes, they they got better as the tour went on, and uh, I think the West Indies board of selectors could be extremely happy um, with uh, the players they took out there. And I suppose, um, you know, one or two, um, you know, you think of Vishal Singh, can he get into the middle order now? The Samuels is not there, uh, but you've got hope to come in. Um, uh, there were about eight players I, I, I counted uh, who came out of that um, with um, a, a lot of points uh, to their name. And, you know, 
the hope for the future is more air tours, more air tours at a higher level, not against Zimbabwe, you know, but at a higher level. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that my good friend, uh, Graham West, fellow Englishman, who's the uh, in charge there at the High Performance Centre and was coached there for the, for this tour, uh, he said uh, quite passionately that where the money can be afforded, this is the, the place where young cricketers, developing cricketers as well, can hone their skills, whether it's home or away in A tours. And it's uh, it's been you know, wonderful results to have come out of that and uh, a lot of players showing a great deal of promise. Um, also, uh, internationally, the West Indies women Reds were involved in a, a home series, five one-day internationals, which they narrowly lost 3-2 to England. Yes, and uh, straight away there's more cricket for them, which which is a good thing. And what has really emerged is the, um, the spin of Amy Fletcher. I think Amy Fletcher um, now is, is probably the leading spinner with, with her leg breaks. I think she's now taken over from uh, Mohammed, who bows up spin. Uh, she's really added a dimension uh, to the West Indies attack. Uh, the, the batting just need to be a little patient. I think uh, Campbell is batting too low, and um, you know when you come in so low, you 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 have very few balls to try and score. Uh, but that that's up to Vasper Drake and and uh, Ezra Mosley to, to to sort those things out. Yeah, well, Ezra and uh, Vasbert are doing great work there with the uh, with the women, and it is it is heartwarming that uh, okay they won the the World Cup this year, but it's not that long ago that West Indies women weren't really taken uh, that seriously. They are now quite quite clearly uh, a world power and earning a little more money, which is which is good. It means that um, they don't have to you know work at day jobs all the time. Uh, yeah. They can, you know, they can practice uh, as often as possible and improve their skills. But I'm just, again, raising the question, what is happening um, at the lower level, the secondary school level, uh, at the club level um, in the Caribbean? Some countries are stronger than some. I think the West Indies Board need to look at the weaker member states and find out, do a study of how much cricket is being played how much coaching is available. Um, I think we can't take the team we are sending um, to the next tournament, um, you know, that they will always be there. I think we, we ne- really need to be looking um, uh, at the lower. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And uh, there is little money around in, in the Caribbean, but I, I support you that, that what, whatever little wealth there is, if a little bit more could be ploughed into the development of the women's game in the region, that would be very welcome. Uh, looking forward, Reds, the, uh, the West Indies uh, senior men's side, they're now off to uh, late this month to Zimbabwe for a, a tri-series ODI tournament. Uh, there was a couple of changes to the announced squad after it came out. Uh, though The big news was probably when it first emerged that both uh, Dennis Ramdin and uh, Kieran Pollard have been uh, omitted. Uh, these, are, these are ODIs that they really need to sort of win, Reds, to get back up that table. Yes, um, I had... Um, the, the good fortune to do uh, uh, a similar tour. It was India, um, Zimbabwe, and the West Indies under under Carl Hooper. I think then it was for the Clive Lloyd Trophy. Think Andrew Mason was also part of that. And uh, you know the West Indies were not 
just satisfied to reach the final, but they beat India in, in the final, and here's hoping that we ha can have the, the same kind of re results. A little surprised that, that, that um, Ashley Nurse uh, gets another chance. It's been a little mystifying that they have not played him, <laughs> although putting him in the squad. Um, and if you're not going to play him, choose a, a, a younger person. Um, you know, you have Jacob the leg spinner um, from Jamaica. Um, Jagasar, um, you know, is, is a possible option. But uh, we just have to wait and see whether he gets an opportunity or not to play. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's great to take players along for experience, but if they're not going to play... Uh, it seems a bit odd. I, uh, you know, it can't be that uh, Ashley Nurse is just purely a magnificent drinks waiter uh, who could mix a, a fine cocktail. Uh, it, there's there's got to be more to it, and he, he needs to be given a game if they're going to take him. Um, looking, also sticking with the, the, the international side, Reds, have you heard any news on a, a potential new coach for the West Indies? Uh, the name Jimmy Adams, who's left Kent, has been bandied around a lot. Uh, I also speculated, I think it was with, with you last time, seeing that Toby Radford had gone back to the West Indies ostensibly as a batting coach. You know, whether those two might be the main names in the frame. Well, as far as I know, Jimmy Adams, um, his decision to leave Kent had to do with the illness of his 80-year-old mother. Um, not the speculation that he had come back for the West Indies coaching job. I think that needs to be made very clear. I'm sure that he probably have an interest um, in being the coach. As far as I know, there's a search going on by the West Indies board for a coach. There's also a search going on for a new CEO. Um, so that's something in in, um, in in progress right now, and we, we'll have to wait to see when the West Indies board um, will in fact uh, announce um, that there's a shortlist, whether they want to put out the shortlist or simply wait until a decision. Uh, but here's hoping that the, the, the process is speeded up so Caribbean people know exactly what 2017 will have. We have a uh, tour to England, we have a, a home tour, yeah. and we, we, we need to know as early as possible um, who is the CEO and, and, and who is the new coach. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, couple of bits of uh, housekeeping since you and I uh, last uh spoke to uh, uh, spread the news as it were just to keep people up to date um, on the Andre Russell uh, dope testing case is a uh, violation of a whereabouts clause uh, that's in remission at the moment uh, final submissions for that are going to be on November the 7th and the outcome is expected on November the 17th um, not not being totally privy to the ins and outs of the whole case, I think you and I, Reds, uh, from a cricketing point of view, uh, hope that he gets hope that he gets cleared and for the right reasons. Yes, um, that was for most uh, cricket lovers uh, just seemed to be going on uh, just too long. Um, in the meantime, I, I trust that he's staying fit, uh, getting some some club practice, staying in the nets. Um, and here's hoping that it works in his favor, but it's a very complicated matter, and I wouldn't want to speculate. Um, I haven't read anything lately, but I'm sure his lawyers are working as hard as the um, as the opposing lawyers, and we just have to wait and see what, what will happen. Yeah, well, we'll wait and see the outcome of that one. Uh, one other little bit of news, uh, close to your heart there in St. Lucia. Uh, the Zooks franchise has been bought. Uh, the last remaining CPL franchise has uh, now got a, an official owner. 
Yes, uh, that's really good news um, for many, many reasons. I mean, when you have a franchise, your players uh, could be treated better, accommodated better, uh, given the kind of equipment which uh, you know makes them look uh, very special. Uh, Solutions will be happy to know that um, that franchise um, being sold, um, that they will maybe remain in St. Lucia because there was some talk that, you know, uh, the Zooks can go anywhere in, in the Windwards or, or go anywhere, period. Um, it, it will be now interesting to see uh, what Darren Sammy and the new owners uh, will get done to along with, with the coaching staff uh, and uh, see what kind of players they can bring on board. They, they got, without um, being sold, to the final, and uh, I suppose people will expect them now even to play at, at the higher level uh, see what players uh, they can attract. But, of course, they can't be looking towards South Africa because they're going to England, and that would be a no-no to look to sign any uh, South African players. Yeah. Well... It's good news for the CPL. It's good news for St. Lucia Zooks. And uh, we'll see how that season unfolds, obviously, uh, next year. Uh, looking ahead to this week, Reds, the uh, four-day regional season. Domestic season kicks off. Uh, the season that's been announced, it's going to include some day-night first-class matches as well. Uh, can we expect to see a hat-trick of titles for Guyana? Not sure about that. Not sure about that. Um, uh, we... we, we... Just have to wait and see. Barbados is a fairly strong team. I see Goslogi is saying that the A players, Mohammed, uh, Hope, Jagasar, will play an important uh, part in Trinidad and Tobago's uh, quest to win the title. Um, the the winners start away to Trinidad. Barbados will play in in the Leewards. Uh, their side uh, looks to. Um, expose a number of young players. Uh, Nikita Miller leading Jamaica. They have left out, you know, the, the likes of Bernard and Baugh and Hyatt. Um, maybe too early, too early to start saying. Um, Guyana, well, they've got two quicks to choose from. Can they include three spinners? Normally, you know, it is uh, Bisu, Pomal, and the left arm spinner Moti. But if you, if you, um, Include Moti as the third spinner. It means that you probably have Rifa opening the attack, and uh, you know one of the fast bowlers. One went on, on, on both went on the tour. Joseph and Beaton. Uh, that's the kind of decisions they have to make. Uh, we have to wait and see what the new square at Providence uh, will produce. I think they recently made efforts uh, to improve it, but here's hoping that we see good scores. And, uh, you know, in a couple of days still to come, that the board will do a little more um, in the area of advertising these games. Absolutely. Yeah, we need to, to promote the four-day tournament and get people talking about it and watching it. Um, sticking with Guyana, uh, your name, Reds, has been uh, in the Caribbean media a, a fair bit in the last couple of weeks. Sean Devers has said that uh, over there in Guyana there's hope and expectation that uh, your name is going to be attached to the media centre. And I also understand that uh, you've made an announcement or in the process of making a annou personal announcement uh, in the region. Well, if, uh, the naming of, of, of a press box um, should be the last thing. I think uh, Providence needs to name the stands after the outstanding players first. 
and there have been many outstanding players coming out of Guyana, as we all know. And I think the first thing is to decide, like the rest of the world, um, to maybe put those appropriate names. I mean, you know, the list is long. The two ends, I think, is fairly straightforward. Lance Gibbs and, and Colin Croft, so uh, that's not to reinventing the wheel. Um, uh, the outstanding players, well, you, we all know that. Uh, whether they will um, want to name the box off of me, that, that is, is something totally um, for the authorities. Uh, but the box being named, um, you know, it's got to come after the stanza being named. And uh, regarding my own future as a broadcaster, well, it comes a time when you need maybe to call it a day. My interest in cricket is uh, still very much um, there. My passion is there. But um, there is a Guyana Winwards game in St. Lucia um, at the end of November. And there's a Guyana Barbados game, both on the lights, uh, the Guyana Barbados game of Providence on the, the ninth. And I plan to make that my last two first-class matches. Very grateful to all people who have made a contribution uh, to my uh, getting an opportunity um, to make my broadcasting career possible. I thank them, uh, all the stations in the Caribbean, all the people in my early days in, in Guyana. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to um, those two ga games um, without, you know, any sorrow, gladness I'm being able to, to finish on, on that kind of note. Um, but, um, you know, starting in 1961 at Rose Hall, British Guyana versus uh, Trinidad and ending at Providence um, in December of 2016. I think I'm fairly happy with, um, you know, the opportunities I've had. Yeah, I, th I think that's, that sounds like such a fitting finale, Red, uh, 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 an opportunity for you to say farewell. And I know so many people are going to miss your voice on the airwaves. But as you say, uh, there comes a, there comes a moment at which to uh, gracefully withdraw. Um, in our last few moments, uh, uh, Red, uh, we always like to sort of like look back. This week I've sort of picked out that uh, uh, it's uh, 10 years almost to the day uh, since the passing of a former West Indies uh, uh, test cricketer, uh, Nyan Ascarali. Yes, I think he first debuted for Trinidad in around 41-42. Um, I saw him um, against British Guyana at Borda. And, um, you know, uh, two years earlier, um, when he, when he, 52, I think, the, the, the record shows, Asguerelli caught Kamash Ball, Norman White, 128. And he was caught Thomas, uh, Ball Thomas, 83. Uh, so he certainly seemed to have, uh, have liked the, the Guyanese attack. And, um, in a, another game in 52, Asguerelli, uh, caught Thomas Ball, Kamash, 18. Caught Leslie White, Bo Cecil Thomas, 103. I saw him um, in a game in 1953, and uh, Asgarelli was leg before to White for 25. Caught Franklin Bo White, 44. Neat cricketer, very attractive. Um, had a um, maybe a late call to the um, ill-fated 57 tour. He he got two Test matches. I'm sure you have all the details on his career. And of course, he's had he had the pleasure of seeing his son. Uh, play um, for Trinidad 
his son uh, given yeoman service, um, like his dad, uh, to Trinidad Cricket, and his son normally is maybe the liaison officer. Um, you know, too many teams uh, are coming in, very cheerful, easy to talk to. And um, uh, Nyron um, played at a time when Trinidad Cricket was extremely strong. I mean, I can just come back uh, to the early um, 52 period. Asgarali, Gillen, Legol, Tanchun, Sampat, Skeet. And, you know, he played at the time of, of Stolmeyer and, and, and Gantum and uh, all those strong middle order uh, players. Um, you know, he, he probably didn't get as many test matches as he would have wanted to. But at least, you know, he, he, had, he had two caps to, for the West Indies. Yeah, yeah, those two tests that you <clears throat> spoke of, both on the 1957 tour of uh, England, he played at Lords and the Oval. But across four innings, uh, he only managed 62 runs with the highest uh, score of, of 29. But he did score over a thousand runs on the tour at a very creditable 29. Perhaps one of the anomalies of uh, of uh, his career, Reds, but you know, typical of a lot of players of that era. Um, his first class career spanned 22 years, 23 seasons or so. Uh, from 1941 to 1963, and yet that translates into only 50 first-class matches. Uh, he scored 700 at 32, but I think people don't realise, particularly English people, when they see a lot of county cricket, and, and still in England there's uh, 16, it's going to be reduced to 14 first-class matches a season. But back in that period, sides were playing 24, 28, sometimes 32 first-class games a season, and here's a guy that in over 20 years had only 50 first-class matches. Yes, and of course, um, in those days, uh, the before the intercolonial tournament in Guyana, it, it was maybe uh, two matches here and two matches there. You might go to go to Barbados for two matches, and Barbados may come to Port of Spain for two matches, vice versa with, with Georgetown. Jamaica came in um, a little late um, in the regional first-class cricket, but then you had many war years where maybe there was... Uh, very little first-class cricket, so that w w would have robbed um, uh, the likes of, of the late uh, Naren Asgarali, who was a nice, easy player in the eyes. He had nice footwork. He had played with soft hands. Um, you know, he was a hard hit of the ball. He was more of a, a stroke player. Um, and uh, I think I, had he been playing now, um, he probably would have had well over a uh, hundred first-class innings. Well, on on two levels, um, Red. Uh, if he was playing now, now that uh, the West Indies Cricket Board have doubled the length of the uh, the first-class domestic season, he'd better exactly. Uh, he'd also, in a time when uh, West Indies have been desperately searching for an opener, uh, what would they give for a Nairn Ascarali now? Yes, sure, definitely. I mean, uh, so many, so many. Um, periods where we just had an abundance of, of, of maybe openers and we had an abundance of, of middle order players um, and now we have a dirt of openers and um, you know it's, it's just one of these things uh, we seem to have a lot of middle order batsmen and uh, what's encouraging maybe a couple of fast bowlers coming through so we, we, we just have to wait and see what they will do in terms of the opening batsman position well, let's hope this uh, new first-class season that gets underway this week uh, identifies somebody that's going to fit into that slot neatly alongside uh, Craig Brathwaite.
Um, that's all we've got time for uh, on this occasion, uh, Reds. Uh, I know you always like to thank our listeners. Yes, sir, certainly we'd like to thank our listeners. And um, if they have um, any uh, thoughts, any disagreements, uh, what we have said, uh, quite um, you know, free to email uh, David. Uh, I'm sure, you, David, you will just remind them um, of, of the email. So we say a special hello to all our Caribbean listeners from Guyana right up um, to uh, Jamaica and beyond because we have friends who take this program uh, in the USA on the USA Cricket website and individually um, in the US and in also Canada and beyond. Absolutely, yes. Uh, thank you to all our listeners via the uh, the internet. You can hear us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And as Red said, you can uh, you can chat to me or abuse me or or or, or pat me on the back uh, on Twitter, uh, David Oram. Uh, and uh, our email address is Willow in the Windies at Outlook.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. This has been Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, with Red Pereira and me, David Oram, and we hope you can join us again next time. Goodbye.